We have been talking about the Apostles' Creed, and today we come to the part about the birth of Jesus. Here now the words from Luke describing that birth, the words found in Luke chapter 1. When Elizabeth was six months pregnant, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a city in Galilee, to a virgin who was engaged to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David's house. David, David is important. The virgin name, virgin's name was Mary, and when the angel came to her, the angel said, Rejoice, favored one, the Lord is with you. She was confused by these words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. And the angel said, Don't be afraid, Mary. God is honoring you. Look, you will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of David, his father. He will rule over Jacob's house forever, and there will be no end to his kingdom. Then Mary said to the angel, How will this happen since I have had, haven't had sexual relations with a man? And the angel replied, The Holy Spirit will come over you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the one who is to be born will be holy. He will be called God's son. Look, even in her old age, Your relative Elizabeth has conceived a son. The woman who was labeled unable to conceive is now six months pregnant. Nothing is impossible for God. Then Mary said, I am the Lord's servant. Let it be with me just as you have said. Then the angel left her. Jesus is the word of God for all people. Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. Would anybody like a cat? (laughs) We have one that's very generous. This morning brought a mole into our house to play with. I guess he thought we might like some toys to play with as well. We watched him for a little bit frolicking in the backyard. Does anybody want a cat? A cat who will yell at you if there's not food in the bowl or will yell at you if the TV's on because he prefers quiet. A cat, a cat who will look at you like, what do you think you're doing when you walk into the bedroom and disturb his afternoon nap? Anybody want a cat? Because Ed and I, we're really not cat people. We've always been dog people. You know, I showed you that beautiful, lovely dog, Sophie, that we fell in love with. Not show quality, one brown eye, one blue eye, but oh my, we fell in love with her instantly. This cat, well, this cat was one that came into our lives, not when we were asking for a pet, came into our lives at a time when we did not have time for a pet. And yet there was mama showing up with kittens and needing food, needing a place. And this cat was the one that we knew would have the hardest time finding a home. This cat was annoying, and this cat was skittish and afraid. And this cat, 
well, we weren't sure we had time for a cat. But I went for a walk, went for a walk with a member of the church at that time. And we were walking along, and I told her, I just don't know if I've got time for a cat. I don't know. Cats take so much time. Cats take so much. Any pet takes, and if I were going to get a pet, I'd get a dog, not a cat. I don't know if I want this, 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 this creature. And she looks at me as we're walking along, and she quotes that great, that great philosopher, Stephen Seals, and says, love the one you're with. <laughs> love the one you're with. We are talking about the Apostles' Creed, which makes everybody think about cats and dogs and critters and creatures. It makes us think, it should make us think of baptism. Every time we say the Apostles' Creed, it is as though we are once again saying yes. Yes to this God who comes as Jesus. Yes to this God who created the universe. Yes to this God who continues to be part of our lives through the Holy Ghost. This, this God, this Holy Spirit who, who leads the church. And, and this, this Holy Spirit who leads us into life eternal. And, and yes, yes, these are our baptismal vows. They came out of a time when in the early church, when the early church was just trying to make sense. Of, of what is going on. How is God working? And, and last time I shared with you in the early church at a time of baptism, they would ask, ask that person who, who, who was saying they wanted to follow Jesus, they would say, do you believe in God the Father Almighty? And the person would say yes, and they would go, donk. Do you believe in Jesus Christ? And they would go, donk. Do you believe in the Holy Spirit? And a third time under, which... For the people, those first Christians, was not at all, not at all what they expected. Oh, that first part, do you believe in God Almighty, the Creator? Yes. Yes. And Father, well, yeah, I guess, Father of Israel. Do you believe in God? That was a strong yes. All of their lives they had grown up saying more than once a day, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God. I believe in God. I believe in God. I believe in God. But this God seemed to be doing something, something different, different in Jesus Christ. And they looked back at, at the story of Jesus Christ and, and Jesus when, when they bring a paralytic to him and, and lower the paralytic through the roof because these, these friends of the paralytic can't get through the crowd. Jesus tells the paralytic, your sins are forgiven. And then heals him. Who is this? that can forgive sins. And, and when he stills the waters, they, they, they ask themselves, the disciples ask themselves, who is this that controls the wind and the seas? Who is this? And when he appears to them after the resurrection, and, and Thomas doubts and says, no, 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 well, I don't believe that he's resurrected. I don't believe that this Jesus has returned. I would have to see his hands and his feet. And when Jesus appears again and Thomas sees his hands aside, he says, my Lord 
and my God. And Stephen, Stephen, when he is, when he is stoned and dying, tells the story of, uh, of God and is stoned and, and tells about Jesus and is stoned and looks up and the heavens are parting and he sees Jesus. And he sees Jesus. And these people who are all their lives have said, Hero Israel, the Lord is one, are now trying to wrap their heads around this idea that the Lord is one. The Lord is one. They go back to Scripture. They go back to Scripture, and one of the, one of the passages they find is Proverbs 8. Proverbs 8 that describes wisdom that was with God before creation, with God and laughing with God and part of how God was making the world. And, and they begin to wonder, well, maybe, maybe Jesus is in Scripture, is in eternity past before creation. Wisdom. A blueprint for how we are are made. And, and they go back and they look at scripture. And there's the story of Abraham and God doing something new. God calling Abraham and saying, I will bless you and, and I will be your God. And, and you will have many, many children, many descendants. And, and they will be my people. And I'll be their God. And I'm going to bless all people through you and... And while, while Abraham and, and, and Sarah are talking one time, sitting in their tent and talking, there comes up a, 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 a stranger. And they offer this stranger rest, and, and it's the Lord. And they, they offer, Abraham offers food to eat and, and tells Sarah to go make a meal. And, and, and there they are sitting, and, and this is that story you remember when Sarah laughs because all her life she's wanted a, a child and, and now she's 90 in her 90s and there is no child and she is laughing, laughing at the very idea. You remember that story. And, but throughout the story, throughout the story we see the Lord and then in the next sentence the three men and then the Lord and then the three men. It's as though somehow this, this Lord is also three men. Maybe... Maybe it was a hint, a hint of how God would bring about this covenant of Abraham, of how God would fulfill blessing all peoples through you and your descendants. They, they look at this story of, of, of one Lord and, and three people and, and, and back and forth in the story. We hear this, this stranger sometimes described as one person and sometimes the Lord. And, and, and there's no sense to it. How can three people be one? How can Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be one? It's kind of like saying, well, you know, light, light is a wave. No, 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 light is packets. Can it be both? Can it be both? And somehow it is, and I don't understand that. And yet, that is how the world works. That is how the world works. When I was present, 
pregnant, <laughs> pregnant with Matt, there was a song on the radio, Bruce Hornsby, singing about, well, that's the way it is. Standing in line, marking time, waiting for the welfare, welfare dime because they can't buy a job. And the chorus, that's just the way it is. Some things will never change. That's just the way it is. They say, hey, little boy, you can't go where the others go because you don't look like they do. That's just the way it is. Some things will never change. And that's the world. The world that God enters. A world in which some things just never change. You're born a slave. You will stay a slave. That's just how things are. There'll always be people who are slaves. A young woman, well, you'll grow up, and and if you're lucky, you'll marry someone who'll be the head of the house because that's just the way it is. That's just how it is, and, and some things never change, and, and he's going to tell you what to do. It'll bite like he owns you, and that's just just the way it is. And, and there are some people who are Jews and some people who are Gentiles. And, well, Jews don't eat with Gentiles. It'll make you unclean, and, and that's just the way it is. And if you are unclean, well, there are things you need to do to worship God. Bring an offering. If you've committed a crime against a person, go to them and ask for forgiveness and ask, ask forgiveness and, and make reparations. Make it well if you've injured someone else. Better than, than it was. That's the way it is. Only, only an angel comes to Mary and says, Greetings. Greetings, favored one. Hello, blessed one. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. And Mary... And Mary says yes. Says yes. It's so strange that she is asked, is it not? I mean, the angel could have said, the Holy Spirit has come over you. It's done. You're carrying this child. But instead, the angel asks her to participate in this. To not just let God do to her, but to partner with God. To partner with God. As though God doesn't want to be the one who is in control and we are automatons doing exactly what God is telling us to do. And so God wants us to make a choice. A choice. I want you to help me to be part of what I am doing. 
Some things will never change. Except, except in a world in which sacrifices are required for forgiveness. In a world in which you must go to the priest and the priest speak for you. God comes to a young woman, the least expected person, and says, you are blessed. You are blessed. And God says, I'm going to let you carry me. I'm going to let you carry me. And God, who was with us in eternity past and eternity past, says, Mary, you want to help me out? Mary, you want to help me out? I want you to carry me. There is something I want to change. They struggled with this idea that Jesus was God. And once they realized this was the case, they looked back at everything he said. Looked back at everything he said. Because these were the words of God. And when he said things like, let the little children come to me, they knew he meant everyone. Everyone. Even those the rest of society would reject and say, no, not you, you're not welcome in God's house. There's not, you're not important enough to grow, to go close to Jesus. He's got more important things to do. They saw that was the way of God. That was the way of God. And when Jesus, Jesus says, and when you pray, go into a quiet room, go into a closet and pray by yourself, not through a priest. Some things are different. Something is different. We now know that every one of us, every one of us can go to God in prayer to say what is in our hearts and what in in our minds and just be honest with God. I'm afraid. I need help. I'm excited. I'm thrilled. Thank you. Thank you. Every one of us. And when, and when Jesus feeds 5,000 with five loaves and two fish, what they see is that, is that God wants everyone, everyone to be filled, everyone to have enough. That God's plan, God's plan is a kingdom in which everyone has enough, a kingdom in which everyone knows that they are welcome. Everyone, everyone. If Jesus is God, it's his voice that is ultimate. It's his voice that has authority, and it's his voice that we consult. We want want to understand how to live abundantly. Abundantly. I don't know what you thought when Barbara was singing that song. I thought 
She was made for that song. It's so perfect. She was made for Is she in here? <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> she was made for that song. And I thought about us carrying Jesus made for that song, made for the way that Jesus offers. You know, there are a couple people mentioned in the the creed. There's Jesus, and there's Mary, and there's Pontius Pilate. And it does seem at times that we make choice in which way we will live. Will we live according to the ways of Jesus or the ways of Pontius Pilate? Will we live according to the ways of Jesus who lives generously? Will we live according to the ways of Pontius Pilate who uses fear to keep what is his? We live according to the ways of Jesus in whose image we were created the best life, a life of love, love. Mary, Mary says to Jesus, yes, yes, speaks to God, yes, yes, knowing that God has already said yes to her. God has already said you are blessed. God has already said you are favored. God has already said, I am reaching out to you, the most unexpected person who would believe that a small town girl could carry God within her. Who would believe that? And says yes. Yes, a choice, a choice we are called to make often. A choice that sometimes becomes easier and easier. And each time we say no, becomes harder and harder to say yes, yes to Jesus. I have a friend, Elaine, when I went through the Board of Ordained Ministry with her, Elaine and I were sitting in the foyer over at Simpsonwood when Simpsonwood was was a retreat center, and we were sitting in the foyer, both of us waiting to be called into the different sessions, and now you're going to talk about your theology, and now you're going to come in the room, and 30 people are going to grill you about your calling, and now you're going to come into a room, and 30 people are going to call you about your leadership skills, and, and I'll just say it was an intimidating day. And Elaine and I, Elaine and I sat in chairs waiting for the next session. And she said what they had just asked her. She said, I, it seemed like they were trying to ask me, ask me if I was saved. Because they kept asking me, when had I told Jesus yes? When was the the moment 
in which you told Jesus yes and your life was changed. And, and Elaine says, all my life I've known Jesus. All my life I grew up hearing stories of Jesus. I do not remember a time when I did not know Jesus and, and when I wasn't trying to say yes to Jesus. And, and, and they grill her and they grill her. And, and finally they, they say, what, what was the moment? And she just finally says, every morning. Every morning I get up in the mirror and I look in the mirror and every morning I say yes. I say yes. Yes to God. Yes to God. He trusted Mary. God trusted Mary. Didn't force himself on it. But trust Mary to carry, carry him into the world. And the funny thing is, God still works that way. Things have changed. And God still says to us, I've said yes to you. I see you. I know you. I love you. I need you to carry me into the world. Would you join me in saying the Apostles' Creed together? In entrusting ourselves to God, knowing that God has already entrusted God's very self to us. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead, he ascended into heaven, and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Amen. If it's comfortable for you to stand, please stand and sing with us as we close.